Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Tuesday morning and welcome inside the Property Squad studios at WKVL and Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, welcome in. It's always fun talking. And uh, and man, it's it's post-Super Bowl. It's a, it's a little bit of a lull time for, for football fans, uh, but at the same rate, uh, a lot to be, be kind of talking about as, as it was a really good Super Bowl and as we're going to talk about today, probably in, in recent years, one of the better commercial Super Bowls uh, that we've had in a long time. Yeah, it was a good Super Bowl. I, this was actually one that I watched pretty much start to finish. The only exception was halftime show. I just didn't even care. Uh, I, I think I heard, the MVP of the halftime show is the tape that kept all the clothes in the right place. Yes, that is no I doubt. I ain't lying to you. I was like, I was like, this is Janet Jackson all over again. We don't yeah. know what to do. I, anymore, I just don't even watch them. It was a good opportunity for me to put kids to bed, so it was like perfect timing. I will say, like if I understood what they were saying, it might have been a better halftime show. Like I'm pretty sure one yeah. of those guys that went up there with Shakira was Ali G. This, so, like I think it was a maybe a, a, a more fit, uh, but nonetheless, same headband. They should have put a disclaimer on when the Super Bowl halftime show started to turn on the SAP button, and then you would know exactly what they were saying. No. So, did you see – you didn't see the meme? No. So, it said even closed caption is not giving it a try because it just said singing in Spanish. <laughs> it's That's the, awesome. It was the funniest thing. And we give up. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like I was with you for like the first uh... – <laughs> Alexa, what did they say? Yeah, right. And she's like, she's like I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Shakira, though, uh, what about her being in her 40s? Or I, Jaylen, honestly, in her 50s. impressive for both of them because I think I've seen I've seen memes where one of them was on a pole at fifty. No hands. Yeah, that was J Lo. That's not happening. I can't do that. Like, I feel like I could do it if it's like horizontal. Like if you had that thing laying on the ground, I could do what she did. See, but and that's I'll, that's where you do the the camera magic. Yeah, right. You just turn the camera sideways with it laying on the ground. You're like, look, no hands, mom, up against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, <laughs> wow, totally, we were off, gone off the the beaten path there. But you, you know, I, I thought you know, kind of talking with Boone yesterday, there was a lot to 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 kind of digest from the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, our youngest guy in Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP of the league a year ago, and then win the Super Bowl MVP this year. But also, uh, just a team that uh, resilient. I mean, down double digits in all three matchups. Uh, and was able to come back and get the victory. It's almost like that was part of the recipe. Uh, you got to get down to get up. You know, and that's – well, that's part of their MO. They, you know, they, they've got a seasoned coach. He's been there. He's He's got a lot of experience. So being down is nothing new to him. And if anybody had the offense to climb out of the, the hole, it's definitely them because, I mean, they they ran that one drive in the fourth quarter, 10 plays. How many times have you seen a 10-play drive take only two minutes? Yeah, and, and, and I think that was the – that was everybody's thought was, 
there's no lead that's safe with Mahomes. No. And honestly, I think Kyle Shanahan heard footsteps a little bit from his time at Atlanta. You know, he was part of that big 28-point oh, debacle. Yeah. And, and I think at some rate, uh, he was just – he his whole mindset was clock management, keep it away from Mahomes. Yes. Clock management, keep it away from Mahomes. The problem was the defense was doing just as good. They turned over Garoppolo a couple times. And honestly, Jimmy G was not special. I mean, we talked about it last week, I think, in that he's not going to get you beat and that they were going to ride the high of the, of the defense. And and I just don't think he was the guy. When you got to come back, he's just not your guy. So that's the thing. He When he had time and when he had a clear field, he he threw, made all the throws. But when they got pressure on him and got in his face, you saw him overthrowing. You saw him throwing to where nobody was. And – that was to me. That was one of the big difference makers because he. They showed a graphic that in the fourth quarter, he was had thirty six yards, and I mean he barely had any completions. And it was because Kansas City turned up the heat. They knew they needed the ball back. They knew that they needed to get you know a three and out, and they did it twice. And I thought what KC did, and you know early in the game you kind of saw Tyron Matthew uh, really like turn it up a little bit. He was upset with the, the, the defense. He was kind of upset with the offense, I think, when they turned it over there early. And and he goes over and just kind of lays into him and is like, we're going to keep fighting. Like, this is not done. Because I think Kansas City – and that's the thing. You you do have a, a pivot in, in any game when you're a team that hasn't been there in a long, long time. Is that I think there was a time in that game where people were like, oh, Kansas City got here. Now they can just fold it up and put it away. Right. And and I, I think, you know, guys who knew the 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 relevancy, like the maybe I don't know how many more times I'm gonna get back here. Like they turned the wick up a little bit and uh and I thought they drove this team out of this thing. And Patrick Mahomes, if he stays at this trajectory, like just this level of growth, this is a special player. I uh, think th- so. This is a guy who who has it in between the years and has an athletic ability. Uh, not not to knock on any other guy, but, I mean, RG3 is a good dude, and he was athletic, but when you knock the athletic off when he got broke, uh, he was just ordinary. Yeah. He is just ordinary. Johnny Manziel, great athleticism, elusive, and kind of a winner, but crazy. Certifiable. And, pa- and Patrick Mahomes kind of got – he has it all harnessed at the moment. You know what I'm saying? He's cool, under pressure. You know, he's kind of that that trendy guy. So he's kind of got that whole side of it that people want to be around him. But then at the same point, when uh, when the rubber meets the road, dude's willing to turn it up. And and I think he does a really good job of, of knowing when to pull the trigger. I thought he did a heck of a job of kind of that snap and clear because you turn it over twice, throw two picks, and then come back and lace a couple the way he did. Uh, I mean, that's next level – concentration if you want to say that or whatever but uh, I think I think what they were able to do the way they were able to get Andy Reid a Super Bowl now and, and then just quite frankly get a monkey off that that uh, franchise's back 50 years removed uh, from a Super Bowl and now they're back in it yeah it, it it's definitely something special for Andy Reid I'm I'm really I was pulling for him just because I didn't really have any love for either team, but at the same time, you know, Andy Reid he'd been and you know, he he's definitely a Hall of Fame coach to me. And so for him to get a ring, I, I wanted that to happen. Did 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm not making. I'm kind of making fun. I'm really not. Do it. Does he not look like the guy that the from uh, like the Hamburglar or whatever? Oh, he does. And that's kind of his thing is hamburgers. Well, there's all the time memes with him holding menus when he. Did holds you see the Waffle House? Yes, one? that was epic. That was epic. awesome. That that. That should have been a Waffle House commercial. I he mean, needed they to have one on the sidelines. How cool would that have been for ESPN to be like, oh, and it's true. <laughs> and they could have gave him like Lifetime Waffles or whatever. He'd have been all you over know, that. Free scattered smothered covered or something. You, yes. you never know. Never know. He he was all over a hamburger a couple of days ago is what he said. He said, I'm going to find the biggest hamburger I can find. Which I don't blame him. I feel like you plan those things. Probably you have you you know you have you a Fuddruckers close to your house and just like get that one pounder. Yep, and just go That's after way to it. Do it. Think big. Probably don't finish it, but it's a good shot. Yeah. But commercials. <laughs> Speaking of, since I've name dropped, you know people that don't give me any money. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about more people that don't give me any money in commercials for the Super Bowl. I thought there was a you know even talking yesterday with you kind of prep. There were so many commercials that either either I'd seen that you hadn't seen or vice versa. And looking back, they're all just – I mean, they were good. They were good. You know, the – I mean, the last probably – I don't know, what would you say, 10 years? I mean, there's been like one or twosie yeah, that are decent. You'll get one that you're like, man, did you see that one? That was great. Last night or Sunday? Yeah. They had – a handful. I feel like Doritos brings it like every year. Yeah, they always like do. you remember when the little boy, like the the guy, was dating the mom, and uh, she, he was cool with that part. But then when the mom walked out of the room and he went to snatch a Dorito, he like popped him <laughs> in the mouth. He's like, no, no, not gonna do it. Yeah, but, I, Doritos always brings it. But there was did you did you finally watch Smite Pack? I did. That was good. <laughs> Is that not the funniest thing? It, you could tell that some of them had that natural like yeah we can make this work and then you had some that didn't so did captain america shock you that he could do it really well no that it, that, see, that didn't one, sound bad see the lady and i, I still don't i always call it tina Fey's doppelganger because that's who i think of her as but uh she kind of pulls it off just naturally i, I think yes. she's that's maybe her thing the other guy from the office jim yeah. No. I thought that was a little contrived. And I and I'm okay with that because that's him. Like he doesn't that's just What about Big Poppy though? That was funny. Like I feel like, you know, that's a that that's a crazy it's a Boston thing. Yeah. And and but that was the last person I expected to lean out of the window. Yeah, kind of. You know what I'm saying cuz there was no baseball tune to it. There no. was no sports tune no. to it. The accent was the only thing that was really linking it. But then he rocked out. Like, he said something. They yelled at him, and everybody's like, yeah. Ooh. That was and funny. When they called him your bigness, that was hilarious. I don't know if I caught that. Oh, boy. What's this guy's name from The Office? Because I'm just calling him the dude from The His Office. His name is John Kroninsky. John Krasin- Kron- It's It's a mouthful. Yeah. That guy. Uh, he looked up, and he apologized to Big Poppy. He goes, sorry, your bigness. <laughs> It was the funniest thing ever. But Smart Pack. Yeah. Like, I literally, and and this is nothing against Hyundai. I've never owned one. I've known a lot of people that have and love them. But I'm just, that's not, that has never went, you know what? What I'm going to do this weekend, I got a lot of free time. I'm going to go test drive a Hyundai. Smart Pack. But I'm really thinking about it. Like, I'm like, find me the tightest parking place in this place. I want to see this thing. I want to see it do it. I want to see this thing. And I want to pack it and unpack it. 
Somebody record me doing it. <laughs> right. Uh, what about the Jason Momoa Rocket Mortgage commercial? That one was really funny. I have to say that one. I laughed pretty good for that one. See, the the funny thing about that is, is that's like Laura's guy. Like, I'm like, oh, because she likes Johnny Depp, too. I'm like, oh, what do you got against bathing? Because yeah. I, I feel like both of those guys are just like rugged looking. <laughs> yeah. Water's optional. Yeah, yeah, right. It's that dry soap kind of guy. Mm, no, thanks. Not so much. But, uh, yeah, the Jason Momoa one where he's pulling off his arm. like And I'm a details guy, so I'm, like, watching the little intricacies. Like his spotter, did you notice that? What? Uh, I knew it was a girl. It was well. It was just like run of the mill. Like it wasn't, you know. Uh, she lifted the bar with one hand. Yeah. It wasn't like uh, uh-huh. what's what's that workout girl's name? The one from The Biggest Loser. I don't know. You know who I'm talking about, though, right? No. I know. Jillian Michaels. Whoa! Just went and got it. Nice. You still, still don't know, know who I'm talking. <laughs> Jillian Michaels is like fit. You know what I'm saying? Like when she wears the workout clothes, you're like, oh, she's serious. Okay. So this girl was not that. Like she was just, uh, you know, maybe a, a yoga on Tuesday kind of girl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, she's got that bar with one hand, and he goes, get it, get it, get it. Like that's the funniest it was funny. thing. I don't know if it's because I can relate. I've been there before or what. I don't know. I think it's just because you don't – that's not Jason and Momoa at all. Did it not, though, like the, the CGI or whatever, like – there's a guy somewhere that kind of looks like oh, that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, it worked. And especially when he pulled the hair off, like, I lost it. Yeah. Like, had to mute it and laugh for that's, a minute. That's when it got silly for me because, like, he pulls his arms off, and then he pulls yeah, the like, chest off. And I was, I was like, like, oh. And then he pulls the hair. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> and and the all being why he's in his Hollywood mansion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was awesome. So what do you got? I mean, I like those two. So for me, still my favorite one was still the Jeep, the Groundhog Day Jeep. I mean, it it landed perfectly um on the right day and Bill Murray, of course, he it seems to me he's gotten funnier as he's gone along and so it was just perfect. Um, and then the, the, the next one, this one wasn't one commercial. This one was Charlie day with a tide stain that went through multiple commercials throughout the entire Super Bowl, And I absolutely loved it because I like Charlie day too, but for, for them to keep that joke running the whole time, that was awesome. See, and that's, that's the cool thing about Super Bowl commercials. Cause when we talked yesterday, you had to show me who that yeah. was. And so the fact that that hooked you and other ones hooked me, I'm pretty sure there's like there's that for everybody. There's some oh, yeah. that we're not even going to talk about that really were cool. But no, I thought that was interesting because when I'm going back yesterday trying to get ready for for this show, I'm like, I kind of saw that one, but it, you know how like you you kind of disengage at breaks because you got to go fill the plate back yeah. up or you got to oh, go yeah. to the fridge or whatever. And and there was a few of those. Like I'm like giving it like ten seconds, and then I'm like. Okay, good break time. And, and go get what you need to get and get back. So I caught a lot yesterday that I didn't see live, which is uh, is the good thing about YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and really the funny thing about how much money they spent live. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like people could do this, and, and I'm by no means advocating it, but I don't think there's anything against it. You could not pay that money and just label your advertisement on YouTube Super Bowl commercial. And you're going to pop up with all of them. Oh, yeah, because everybody's looking for it. 
everybody. I think I might title today's show Super Bowl commercial just to it. get my get my search history up. You should do it. I mean, it could work. I think it would. Hey, I mean, inch or a mile, we got it. We got to dig at it. So anyway, I digress. But what about the Bud Light inside Post Malone's brain commercial? You know, the it, only thing that that made me laugh like hysterically was when he's like stomping through like a wrecked place and he goes, "You got any pretzels?" Yeah, that was funny. I I don't know. I, I just, just don't, don't like Post Malone. Well, I just don't connect really well with him. But no. I do think that's that's hilarious because. I mean, that's slapstick at its best, you know, the whole, you know, master control in somebody's it, brain thing. It took me a minute to figure out what was going on um, because I was confused why he was just trashing this place and they're working a joystick back and forth. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, see, I think I missed the first part where it said inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I came see in. How that I came in just with them yanking it back and forth and him smashing stuff and I was like I don't what I don't get this but I don't get him so I'm yeah. not missing out. And did you notice that everybody in the little master control it's had the same tats? Like crazy. Had the yeah. same tats. Oh, was it the same? Like the post Malone like, you know, kind of helter skelter, I don't know what I got this one for kind of tats. Yeah. And then there was people in the crowd at the Super Bowl, obviously placed, right? But uh, Bud Light had placed them, and they were all like had the the fake tattoos. I hope they were fake of the Post Malone tattoos. Yeah, I'm sorry. The only face tattoo is still Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's the only one that's acceptable. Or the guy from The Hangover. Yes, that matches yeah, Mike Tyson. I'm good with that yeah, too. Either way, uh, another one I liked. You know, you talked about the Bill Murray, and that was a good thing about that commercial. Is it? It was. It was Groundhog's Day. So it was like if you came in halfway through, you still saw most of the commercial. Yep. And I don't know. I'm I'm partial. You know, I'm a Tennessee fan, which you're wearing an orange shirt today too, so I feel like wait, wait. we're we're a little closer. But uh not physically, just by the <laughs> shirt. But uh anyway, the Jeep being orange, I'm like, that's cool. Like it stepped that's a good it up color just a hair. Yeah. Just a hair. And do you like those trucks? No. I don't either. No. But I thought the commercial was cool. Now my understanding is they are hot right now. Well, everybody wants one. But. I'll tell you, for whatever reason, Jeep in general. Like I've I've tested my uncle is the Jeep guy. He's had a Jeep like my entire life at some rate, whether it was an old CJ7, whether it was whatever. He's had one his whole life. But to me, like they're not really a travel vehicle at all. And that hasn't changed. Like you know, as they've, you know, it was like I want to say it was like turn of the century. Before they actually started putting power windows and door locks in Jeeps. Yeah. And so I, I feel like with that statement, you understand that this is more of a rugged environment. It fits a niche. Mm. And it's for people that want to go out and play. They want to take it off-roads because it'll do off-roads all day long. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to travel in it. Right. You're not going to pull anything because I think most of them max out just under like 4,000, I think. Maybe the truck might do more. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, you're not going to get the same thing that you can pull with a 150. So you're not going with for payload when you buy no. the Jeep truck. Does it does it kind of look like an H3 to you? Well, I don't know. You know, here's the kicker. Jeep's been around a long time. Does the H3 kind of look like the Jeep? Well, I just feel like the H3 kind of came out first. I mean, you know. Well, this isn't the first time that the Jeep's done a truck. They did the Scrambler way back in the day. Right, right, right. Well, and they had the, what was it, Comanche and all that stuff. Those are the dark days. You don't like those days? No. My uncle I, had, maybe, I don't my know. My uncle has a Jeep truck, 
like a like an actual truck. Like, mm-hmm. not, see these more like a hybrid. They're like an El Camino of a Jeep. Good call. Because it's like a Wrangler Hit the with SAP a button. bed. Yeah, yeah. Does everybody know what an El Camino is? <laughs> wow, uh, we're in those days. But That's uh, sad. But now I, I feel like you know the Jeep trucks of the old days. Like I think it was a Commander or something. My uncle has it. We call it Brownie because like that we painted it brown with bed liner material to stop rust. That's there what we go. did. So anyway. Well, you know, that's a different story altogether. But that thing's a tank. I mean, like, it'll pull. Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't have to put much in four-wheel drive, and it'll just go, 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 just pull stuff out of the hole. It doesn't matter. Like, he literally pulled me out of, like, a maybe a 20-, 30-foot embankment on gravel and didn't yeah. even spend Excellent off-road. Excellent but, off-road. Uh, but, but anyway, this one's more of, like, an El Camino. This one's like a Jeep Wrangler front end with a bed on it. Yeah. And, and I'm just waiting for the, the swivel driver's seat. You remember those? Gosh, I'm I'm just hitting all the wrong buttons today. We we had those in a van that we had. The middle seats and the front <laughs> seats could swivel around, I think. Oh wow. Wow. But anyway, anyway, I thought the Jeep Wrangler Bill Murray commercial was awesome for a bunch of reasons. One, it was Groundhog's Day, it was the Super Bowl, and it was Bill Murray. And I feel like that combination doesn't come around a lot. No. And the fact that you know, you had you know the CGI ability to do what he did with the the groundhog and all that. I just it was comical. And Bill Murray, the older he gets, to me, is the funnier he gets yes. because he's more of the 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 frumpy old man. He's more of the 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 I say what I want because I'm Bill Murray kind of thing now. And it's I mean he was always slapstick funny. I mean yes. I think in Ghostbusters and Stripes and all the play all those movies, he was funny. But now it like fits better. It's almost like he was made to be older, be yes. funny older. But uh, I love it, and I love that they were able to click in some of the original actors from Groundhog's Day. And, and you know, when the guy's kind of coming up to like chase him, he's like, "See you tomorrow, <laughs> Ned Ryerson." Yeah, Ned Ryerson. But I, I love that commercial, probably the number one. But uh, the Doritos Cool Ranch uh, Old Town Road uh, commercial was pretty funny. Just because Sam Elliott's mustache danced. Uh, that might have been the only part that I really enjoyed was the mustache dance. I, I just, I've, I watched the ranch and so I see how Sam Elliott gets around and then you watch that commercial and I was just sat there like, oh no, don't make him do that. Please don't make him do that. So I was told by someone uh, that we both, we both know uh, that the, the most impressive part of that was the horse dancing. Because for a horse to do that, it takes years of training. Yeah. I was like, I just thought they did it with a computer. But That's what I thought, yeah, too. Yeah, I don't know that that was a legit horse. I don't think it was. But either way, did you see Billy Ray at the end of it? Yeah. He said, I ain't dancing. Yeah. That's my. That's me right there. That's, I ain't dancing. But I thought it was a good, like, because that's a, if any, if any song over the last year, like, took the world over, it might have been Old Town Road. Yeah. Because my little boys, they they think it's uh, Oak Town Road, but it's kind of close. They go, I want to hear Oak Town Road. And I'm like, Old Town Road? And they're like, no. No, you said it wrong. Why would you say it wrong? <laughs> yeah, right. Because they're the foremost experts on Old Town Road. <laughs> i just let you know. Um, but uh, they love that song. And if you're, you you got to capitalize on it at some rate. And I thought Doritos, Sam Elliott, 
the whatever Nas X or whatever that guy's name was and a dancing horse. Like, there's only so many different ways you can say Cool Ranch <laughs> Doritos. They've been around for a hundred years. That's true. They they made them better though. Did it used they? to be yeah. It used to be you might get the one chip that had all the powder on it. Now just about the whole bag does. I noticed it because I was like, man, these things actually are good now. And then we looked at the front of the bag, and it said, now, with more Cool Ranch. See, Doritos needs to sponsor us and get me some of those, because right now I'm, uh, uh, I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm munching on some uh, Fiesta chips with ranch seasoning or something, like it's the dollar brand. <laughs> like, that's what I rock right now. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I ain't got that 379 a bag money. No, get them on there on sale. Oh, I, I get the samples, you know, like the little lunch bags. <laughs> that's what I'll get. There you go. Anyway. Anyway, we're all over the place. We are. Let's uh, let's take us a break, listen to these fine sponsors, hopefully get back in line, and we're going to talk a little bit about the XFL when we come back. Love the names, kind of like the uniforms, but at, at the utmost, I love that they're still football. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com, Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Then call the only realty team I trust, the Property Squad. When I moved into the area, they sold my old home in 13 days and got me the greatest price on my new home right here in Maryville. Specializing in Blunt Knox and surrounding counties, Deborah Welly, Sherry Paul, Keith Paul, Bill McLean, and Tressa Lickwire make up the dream team of Property Squad and are always working to make the home buying process quick and easy. When it's time to buy or sell a home, remember to call my team, the Property Squad. For more information or to speak with an agent, call 865 865- 983-0011 or visit propertysquad.com. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill. Located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. As the demand for a more skilled and technologically advanced workforce has grown in Blunt County over the last decade, a driving force to get more young adults trained to work with our local companies and businesses is the Blunt Partnership. The Blunt Partnership has created working relationships between the public schools and industries to develop education initiatives 
that prepare an upcoming workforce with the skills needed for them to succeed and build a career. To learn more about these strategies, log on to BluntPartnership.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Hey, sports fans. Ever thought about having your own sports radio show? Ever thought you could do as well as those so-called experts? Now's your chance. Call 724-1100 or visit our website at WKBL.com to learn more about this exciting opportunity. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com, 970-7132. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKBL studios right here. And you're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Grind. Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre. And we're going to step outside of the box. And we're going to talk a little XFL today. As uh, this weekend will be the first, and I don't want to say it's the inaugural because they've done this before. <laughs> it's like the retread of the, the XFL. But uh, the first weekend of XFL is, is upon us. As as the the eight team league that's going to have a ten week season, uh, will kick off what is to be the uh, the layover for football and uh, and keep us going uh, for ten more weeks. But uh, but Jeff, kind of digging into this, uh, you know, I like the I like the names. I mean, there's some there's some pretty cool little takeaways from it. I don't necessarily have a team yet because I I, I don't know. I want to see them play. I picked the Memphis Express sheerly on on location last time and that proved to be maybe the worst team in the league <laughs> yeah i'm i have already decided my preseason team i will be a dallas renegade a doubt Dal- see i like the houston roughnecks and the new york guardians and i just like the guardians yeah. for the logo all the logos look really cool honestly the the Seattle Dragons kind of looks like uab i don't know how i feel about that the wildcats i'm not sure about those guys 
Yeah, that. And then the Battlehawks, like that's a really cool name, but I feel like they use like a Blaze of Glory logo. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. I mean, yeah, those are probably the weakest two would definitely be the Wildcats and the Battlehawks. Now, if you're an electrical guy, DC Defenders. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where they're going with that. Yeah, that's neat. But here's the here's the eight teams for those who, who are wondering. Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, the L.A. Wildcats, the New York Guardians, the St. Louis Battlehawks, the Seattle Dragons, Tampa Bay Vipers, and the D.C. Defenders. One thing that they're doing a little bit that, that the AAF did not do. The AAF went to not so heavily populated areas. They went and found a, a stadium that was usable – but was in an area that there wasn't a pro team. Yeah. You know, now Memphis was a pro town because they have the Grizzlies, but they weren't a pro football town. Right. Uh, you know, they had other, they had other towns that were very similar. I felt like they, they found, they found availability versus intrigue. And I think, I think what this league's done and, and Vince McMahon's a, a promoter. I mean, he's, he's had the WWE, the WWF, whatever your take on that is. And, and he's, He's been very successful making that a brand and and doing doing what he can with that. So I thought it was good that they obviously waited another year beyond the AAF because the AAF jumped out there and didn't have funding. No, they didn't have a foundation. And and honestly, Vince McMahon has history in his first attempt at this. Uh, again, he went you know no pun intended, but he went all Donald Trump when Donald Trump was with the USFL and said we're going to compete with the NFL. Yes. And that's what the AAF wanted to do, and that's what the XFL wanted to do the first time around. Yeah, the problem with the AAF was, of course, funding. Um, I believe they actually got money from the NFL because they needed help to keep it going. Um, and then the, the, the hockey guy kind of bought them out pretty yeah. much and then shut it down. Yes. I'm like, and And okay. so part of the problem was you never knew when the games were on. They were on weird channels. They were on right. weird times. You never had a clue. The only thing they had going for them was their technology. Like, I felt like they, they took some camera angles and mic'd yeah. up players and did things that, I don't know, that's just cool. Well, they had the refs mic'd, yeah. so you heard the discussions. Um, you know, they... they I like that they mic'd up the quarterbacks. I thought that was cool. Some of the hits were really good. You know, and it wasn't that they weren't throwing safety out the window or anything. They just... They were, you know, they were letting them be physical. Um, they had some rule changes that were really good. Um, their their problem was they just couldn't get their product out there, and they just it just petered out, you know. Right, exactly. They they've got some really cool uh, coaches in this league. Uh, of course, probably headlined by Bob Stoops. I think he's probably you know your top guy. Dallas Renegades. Uh, Stoops is going to get back into coaching after his uh, retirement from Oklahoma. Uh, Dallas hired Hal Mummy, uh, one of the f founders of the Air Raid, uh, as their offensive coordinator. So I think when you look at it, Bob Stoops on the defensive side of things and Hal Mummy on the offense, it should be pretty good. Go Renegades. <laughs> Have you ever seen Hal Mummy? No. Look up a picture of him from the 90s. He looks just like that. <laughs> I mean, it's straight up. Like, he has this, like, mud flap looking hairdo. Nice. I saw him at a Tennessee practice like six months ago, not knowing that he was going to be an XFL coach. And now you want his autograph? Not really. <laughs> not really. I could have got it probably a long time ago when he was coaching at Kentucky. 
So you know this is like almost full circle. Almost. I mean, it's really not connected, but it's kind of full circle. It's football. So how Mummy coached at Kentucky, you know who his offensive coordinator was? Mm-mm. Mike Leach. Okay. Now Mike Leach is in the Southeastern Conference and how Mummy's coaching again. There you go. Like this is like 97 all over again. <laughs> Tim Couch is like, I'm ready, coach. I'm Put ready. me in there. But uh, Dallas Renegades, uh, Houston Roughnecks, their president's Brian Michael Cooper. Their coach is June Jones. You remember June Jones? SMU, Hawaii, bigger man. The name sounds familiar. So June Jones was who was supposed to do what SMU did this year. Oh, okay. He was supposed to bring it back. He had been in Hawaii and had some success there with like Colt Brennan, I think, and some guys. And then he goes to SMU, and it's like, wee, 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 wee. <laughs> just same thing. He Dallas could, just couldn't, he couldn't get bring it going. Smooth back. Yeah, smooth was not new right then. But uh, I, I think that's a pretty interesting interesting hire. Uh, Jones was a wide receivers coach for the USFL's Houston Gamblers way back in the day. The Houston Gamblers. You don't remember that? No, see, I didn't I didn't watch much of that. If league. I'm not mistaken, no, 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 no. No, that's not. I was going to say I think that was Steve Spurrier's team, but that was not Steve Spurrier's team. He was a uh, – Oh, I'm gonna bandit. He was a he was a something bandit. It was bandit ball is what he uh he coined it as when he was in Now the I do I do recognize that. So the LA Wildcats, their their coach is Winston Moss. Uh I I have no no ties with him. He's a former Raiders linebacker, but he, he takes over as the head coach after almost two decades as an assistant in the NFL. So first time head coach here uh for for the uh for for the the L.A. Wildcats, so uh, yeah, not gonna pick that that team, and that's just <laughs> that just seems to be my take on that. Kevin Gilbride is the is the coach for the New York Guardians. Uh, New York, they're gonna play in MetLife Stadium, probably the nicest stadium in the XFL. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, but uh, Gilbride was an assistant for the Giants, two thousand four to thirteen, and was part of their two championship teams. So uh, he's got a little bit of a pedigree. So we'll just see see how that sh- shakes up, but. Uh, you, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Coach GM for the St. Louis Battlehawks is Jonathan Hayes. They'll play at the Dome at America's Center in St. Louis. So I'm not sure exactly who plays there or how that's going to be. But I know the St. Louis Battlehawks play there. But uh, Hayes is is going to be uh, their head coach. He was a tight end for the Steelers and Chiefs before a long stint as the Bengals tight ends coach for – 15 years. How are you a tight ends coach for 15 years? You're really good at your job and you don't want to move. I was going to say maybe you had a really good tight end, but I, I no, it didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, maybe he just liked uh, he liked Cincinnati. Uh, the Seattle Dragons, their head coach is Jim Zorn. They're going to play at CenturyLink Field. Actually, they may have the nicest stadium. Yeah. That's uh, that's the, the Seahawks stadium. I wonder how they did that. Well, I mean, it's just not being used right now. Think, you think it's like a lease thing? I would say so. Wow. Probably pay for, you know, buy the paint. <laughs> you know, do, do whatever you got to do. But uh, Slip us some wrestling tickets. Zorn was a quarterback uh, in Seattle from 76 to 84 and was an offensive assistant before he was a head coach with the Redskins. So I like how they've somewhat, if you look, there's, there's kind of parody all through this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. To Tampa Bay Viker, Vikers, the Vikings, Mark Tressman. Isn't that former uh, Chicago Bears head coach? I think so. Uh, the Tressman won three Grey Cups as a head coach in Montreal 
before a two-year stint with the Chicago Bears. So, you know, that might be a, a decent little uh, – a decent little matchup as uh, as they're going to play in Raymond James Stadium, so they will have the only pirate ship in the XFL. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to be the Tampa Bay somethings and you're going to play at Raymond James, it should have been, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, the pillagers or something. I yeah, I should have kept it all the same. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But everybody doesn't have the insight or the foresight that we have. That's true. I mean, they can't be. We should get paid for that. Well, I'm open to it. Uh, D.C. Defenders, their their head coach will be Pep Hamilton. Uh, Washington did not have a franchise in the original XFL, but it did have a USFL team, and uh, that was during the Redskins' heyday. Pep Hamilton last served as an offensive coordinator at Michigan in 2017-2018. He'll get back into it. He was a he was kind of a visionary offensive coordinator that never exploded. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you ever see those guys, and it's like this is the next big thing, and then they get an opportunity somewhere, and it's not the next big <laughs> thing. He had really good players at a lot of places, mm. and and I think that kind of happened with Pep Hamilton. Not to say he's not a good coach or can't coach at this level. Honestly, I think at this level you better be a good coach. You can't just be a good play caller. Uh, and, yeah, and I, you, I'll see how that shakes out. You make a good point. What is this level? Well, this is this is a senior bowl every week in my book. They're 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 billing it as professional football, mm. but I mean, what 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 do you call this? I think it's it's college plus. Yeah. Or if you're an iPhone, it's a, it's college S. <laughs> but uh, I I think that's my opinion. I think it's going to be like a senior bowl every week. I think there's going to be guys that. Given the right opportunity, if if injuries hadn't hit them and different different levels like that, they could have been really good players. Yeah, I think there'll be moments where you go, "Whoa!" Like either it's not going to be because of speed. I'll just go ahead and put that out there. But like a, a good route or a really good throw, like lacing one in there. But you're also going to see some like wide open guys get overthrown. I think it's going to be like CFL. I think we should hope that it's CFL level. Well, and looking through some of the rules, and I know probably jumping the gun some. It looks like they may have taken some of the speed out, too. With the way some of the rules are set up and some of the things you can do, speed might not be the most important thing out there. Right, right. The The XFL schedule is going to run 12 weeks beginning in February and then go through April. A total of 43 games. Which I'm, you know, I like the way they put it, including the playoffs to determine the champion of a rebooted league. The league opens this Saturday, February the 8th, the weekend after the Super Bowl. A regular season will span 10 weeks and then a two week playoff as, uh, as it will finish out on April the 26th. That'll be my little brother's birthday. I'm pretty sure he doesn't care about the XFL, but uh, nonetheless, if. We're going to have to have XFL cake if we go to a birthday. That is exactly right. Exactly. But uh, I'm trying to see some of these rules because you're right. I think they're going to – that's the only way to make a, a league like this interesting. You, you know what I'm saying? It is to be different. And some of those differences between the XFL and the NFL, the the according to the XFL, it aims to be faster, more plays, less stall, fewer interruptions, and no gimmicks. Like, I was with them until they said no gimmicks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we won't get XFL before there's a gimmick coming yeah, out. It's uh, Vince McMahon. It is. I mean, tables, ladders, chairs. I, I don't think there's anything off the table at the moment. Uh, from the XFL's official site, we're sifting through the thousands of suggestions and recommendations we've received from fans, players, coaches, experts, 
on ways to improve the game. Bottom line, every element of the game is under review to see where we can make improvements. We're already field testing some potential changes, and if we approve it, you'll see it. If not, it's trash. Okay. One way to put it. That's... Uh, and, of course, that's Vince McMahon altogether. More than one forward pass. That's a rule that they're going to have that's different than the NFL. The XFL could allow more than one forward pass on a play as long as those passes come from behind the line of scrimmage. So, basically, you can have a double forward pass at some level. Offensive linemen would not be allowed to advance downfield before a forward pass crosses the line of scrimmage, but you could literally – I mean, it opens the door for, like, triple reverses. Well, different so things like that. one of the things I saw – there's a video out. I think it's, a, it's maybe a YouTube video or something, but it explains a lot of these things too. And so the play that they used as an example – was it looked like what was set up as a wide receiver screen. And so you shoot it out real quick. And then where you would see him normally cut up, he then hits a guy going over on a post. Mm. And so that's kind of how they – now, granted, like what you said, you know, you're going to see reverses and triples and whatever. But you can – that was the one that they used. So here's one that, that I think a lot of physical-minded football players or football fans will like. No fair catch. Yes, that's really cool. They have to allow five yards of of the the circle. You know, they got to allow them to catch it, but there's no fair catch. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, they they've changed, I believe, where they line up as well, and there's rules about when they can take off for uh, on 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 the catches and stuff like that. Like they can't leave where they're at and rush until I think the ball has been on the ground for three seconds huh? or uh, the, the, the ball's been caught. So another thing that's pretty interesting is no extra points. You can go for one, two, or three. Teams will able, be able to go for one from the two-yard line, go for two from the five-yard line, and go for three from the ten-yard line after touchdowns. Yeah. I like it. I think it's neat. It's different. And the thing is, it's like I said, when you're when you're lacking star power, you got to do it. Oh yeah. I mean, when you're, and I know you're you're a Steelers guy, so this is probably going to hit home. But when your star, your number one overall picks Landry Jones, you got some work to do. Oh yeah. You've got to make it flashy somehow. And so I think I think that's a pretty cool little dynamic because you know it doesn't make things automatic in the NFL. Unfortunately, backing up the extra point has helped. I mean, there's been some misses. Yeah. But it's still pretty automatic pretty much yeah you know what i'm saying kickers and specialists are such that there's not a ton of parity there if anything i think backing the extra point up has maybe helped the accuracy on other field goals because now you're kicking an extra point from so far back where they're not automatic anymore you actually have to try and now that they just they probably view it like a normal field goal and they go out there and they try for all of them now right what about what about continuous clock the clock will run continuous until the two-minute mark, at which time the, the play will stop after each scrimmage play. I don't know that I like that. Yeah, that was one that I wasn't sure about, and I wonder if this might not get changed eventually because I'd say they'll probably discover they have a problem if their games only last an hour. or you know, cause, Yeah, because if you run the – I mean, well, I mean, even if you – I was going to say if you score fast, but it's it basically it's 60 minutes however you want to chop yeah. it up. And so the kicker with that is I sit down knowing that I'm going to watch three hours of football 
Granted, it's not continuous. There's a lot of breaks, and there's, you know, of course, the halftime and whatnot. But I sit down knowing that I've got that event that's going to take that block of time. So with this continuous clock, you might sit down and watch a football game in an hour. Well, and they got 25-second play clock. Yeah. So I think that pretty much seals some things up, too. And then I love, love the 30-second replay review. That's rule. nice. Yeah. To, to me, put them on some pressure, too. Have them, have them on a yep. pitch count. If, if you can't decide it, then then wave it off. Yeah. So I, I like some of the, the dynamics. Again, I think I think anybody who watched the AAF, because if you remember Chad and I, we were Memphis Express, son. We were all the former Vols, and I thought that was a cool dynamic that they took of, of having local talent. Uh, you know, they had Tennessee guys. They had Mississippi guys. They had it coordinated by the colleges that surrounded the area. Yeah. I thought that was a good thing they did. And that, that kind of drove us to the Memphis Express. But I think anybody who watched that league or was interested in that league are now kind of watching from afar going, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not a fan until this thing makes it through season one. Go Renegades. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all in. All in, yeah. <laughs> Got the T-shirt. We might make a T-shirt. How about that? Hey, all right. <laughs> but uh, I like I like the premise of continued football. Yeah. Because here's the thing. If I go, because this is tried and true, and you can ask Laura, if I go the distance from now, from basically early February to August, I mean, I start watching, like, football that I'm pretty sure is not even real football. (laughs) Like, I'm finding it online, and I'm doing different things and whatever. So if this bridges the gap, like we talked in the break, this bridges the gap between NFL and March Madness. It has served its purpose yes. in my house. Agree. Love what we're trying to do and just hope that the money stands up. That's been the, the kicker on all these expansion leagues. We'll see how it goes. But let's take a quick break. Quick, quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk Tennessee and Alabama as those balls try to recoup what's been a rough week. We'll be right back. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Don't miss Pizza Hut Spirit Day. Help raise funds for Maine support. That's M-A-N-E support. The second Monday of every month at Pizza Hut, 804 Foothills Mall Drive, Maryville, 375 Hannam Street, Alcoa, and 2418 Airport Highway in Alcoa. From 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. all day. All you need to do is order a pizza from Pizza Hut on the second Monday of every month and main support receives 20% of all sales. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. 
So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the Property Squad Studios at WKPL and Rocky Top Sports. I don't know why, I just flatlined right there for a second. But Jeff McIntyre, Wayne Kaiser right here grinding it out on a Tuesday. And it seems like my gears may be grinding on this Tuesday. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, wow. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee basketball. Uh, a rough couple games, Jeff, as, as Tennessee has not looked all that well against Mississippi State. Texas A&M, or Kansas on a three-game skid. And tonight they're in Tuscaloosa, Alabama to take on the Crimson Tide. Uh, and, and really an ESPNU matchup that Alabama doesn't look that great either. Their last two games they've they've dropped also. And these are these are two teams that need a win and two teams that, uh, that don't necessarily care for each other in any sport. But it uh, looks like they need one tonight. Yeah, Tennessee's got to get the win. they got to right the ship. They gotta fight hard. Um, I don't know what it's gonna take, but you know, hopefully they can maybe take this game where they don't like each other that much and kind of fuel that fire some and get out there and just try to get a win. They gotta get back on track. It's amazing the parallels that these two teams have. They're both twelve and nine. They're both four and four in conference play. The only difference is is the home and away. Uh, Alabama's eight and two at home, and Tennessee has not necessarily been tested a ton on the road, uh, but they are two and four on the road. I, I think if you look at it, uh, some of the dynamic pieces that's going to make a, a difference tonight is does Josiah James get back in the lineup? I think that's going to be a big port portion for Tennessee. How does Euros Plavsic? Can he get sixteen again? I think that's a big part of their game. But ultimately, uh, can they slow down defensively the guard play of Alabama? Alabama has three guards that can fill it up at any given time. And I think that's what Tennessee struggled with because when you get big to kind of get rebounds, you give up some size and speed. And, and, and you know, what you're going to give up there, you, you just don't want to give up too many like transition buckets or give up a lot of points that you can't get back. Because, again, Alabama's going to play – play quick they're going to play aggressive and they're at home so i mean i think those three items go against the tennessee tennessee volunteers but i think tennessee's got their backs against the wall a little bit and and i think when rick barnes has had that that scenario uh he can coach his way out yeah i they're just gonna have to play smart you know with, with those guards and you know they're gonna have to stay out of foul trouble because you know they're gonna be driving you know if you're gonna win this game it's it's definitely going to have to be a low scoring game. They're going to have to play them tough, but play them clean and and just win in the trenches. I, I think this is a big setup matchup for for Tennessee. They've got Kentucky coming to town this Saturday, and that's a that's a matchup. Rick Barnes hasn't lost to Kentucky in Knoxville. Wow! And so the the thing is, you've got to play. You've got to get somewhat ready. You don't have to win tonight. I, I you know I told my father in law Saturday because again. My father-in-law, Lord, I love him like I really do, but he is he is 
all over the place. He is emotionally connected. Like he is about it. And we were he was he was talking about how you, you know just down and out how we were just struggling this year and I said looks like to me we're just one good Alabama loss away from beating Kentucky. Cuz here's the thing. I people say what they want and and I guess because I'm reveling in the what I hope is going to be the trajectory of this team. You know, three years ago when Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, Jordan Bone, and Kyle Alexander were all freshmen and sophomore, everybody was looking going, we're bad. Man, we, we're the kings of one and two point losses. We're getting <laughs> run out of gyms. You know, we're, we can't go to Lexington without carrying 30 back home with us. You know, it's just, it was tough basketball to watch, but you watched what they learned because they didn't like the way that felt and they kind of dug their way out of those holes. And then last year, I mean, we we redefined a lot of record books at Tennessee from basketball standpoint. We won 15 straight ball games. We went, you know, and took care of Kentucky in a in a really nice way and had a really good season and had four NBA selections. So I, I feel like, you know, you've got a lot of freshmen on the floor. At any given time, Tennessee's going to play two. More times than not, they're going to play three at all at all times. So youth is a thing. And with youth comes slower play, comes maybe not as smart decisions. And, and I think some of that's growing pains, but you have to experience it. Yep, you, you can go through it. You, can exper- you can't experience it in the offseason. You've got to have that Alabama jersey on the other side. You've got to have that Kentucky jersey on the other side. But what I like is, is every game we've looked different. Now, granted, uh, you know, I'm not going to say any of that different has been really good. You know, we, we were turning the ball over, but we were defending well. Well, now we don't turn it over real that much, but we can't defend so much. So I think it's that ebb and flow of, of finding that, that way for young people to click in and be pretty good at a lot and not be real good at something and giving up the other. Right. So I think that's where, where Rick Barnes is. I think tonight is another step in that evolution. I think we've got to really prepare ourselves uh, for a battle because I think Alabama throws a lot at you. But – I think Tennessee, with their backs against the wall, can go down there and get a win. And a win there carries a lot of momentum to Saturday for Kentucky. Because albeit that Alabama's Alabama and Tennessee-Alabama will always have that connection, Tennessee-Kentucky on the hardwood's a different thing. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a street fight. I mean, yes. it's that level. It's, it's Tennessee-Florida level on football. Yeah, and they'll need this. They'll, they'll, they'll want this in their corner, giving them that little boost – that you know, give that confidence, give that good feeling. Hey, we coming off a win. We're going back home. They'll need it. I'm going to tell you, Tennessee's got ten games left on the schedule. Two times to Auburn, or two times with Auburn, two times with Kentucky. Another matchup with South Carolina, Arkansas, and the only true win that I see in there is Vanderbilt. It's tough. It's tough a, it's tough sledding, but you gotta get you gotta stop the bleeding sometime. I hope it's tonight. I'm picking the Vols to take down the tide. I really think Rick Barnes can write the ship. Euros Plov sitching double figures, John Fulkerson in double figures, and Vascovi less than five turnovers. That's what wins the game tonight. Go Renegades. <laughs> Go Vols. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care. Be safe. And yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow.